Foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly exhibited as crucified. The only thing I want to learn from you is this. Did you receive the Spirit by doing the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish, having started with the Spirit and now you're ending with the flesh? Did you experience so much for nothing, if it really was for nothing? Well then, does God supply you with the Spirit and work miracles among you by your doing the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? Just as Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, so you see, those who believe are the descendants of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, declared the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, all the Gentiles shall be blessed in you. For this reason, those who believe are blessed with Abraham who believed. Now, before faith came, we were imprisoned and guarded under the law until faith would be revealed. Therefore, the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came, so that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ, there is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male or female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Bill. It sounded a lot better than if I had read it with my beautiful accent. <laughs> you know, disciplinarian, very difficult to read. Um, so let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the word we have heard read to us by Bill from your scripture. Now I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I'm a Mizo. While I come from Myanmar, Mizo people primarily live in a state called Mizoram in Northeast India. We Mizos have a lake that we love more than any other. It's shaped like a heart and it's really, really beautiful and at the foot of a mountain it is located. Actually, it's foot of mountains. And we call that Reed Lake. This lake is featured in love stories. Its myths include dragons and elephant graveyards, and it is also said to be a portal leading to life, I mean, the other life from our life here. The strange thing is that in the state of Mizoram in India claimed that this is the most beloved, and you see the picture, the most beloved and um, the best uh, lake of theirs. Well, what's really strange is it's not even located in India. It is in, across the border in Myanmar. And Another Mizo symbol is a huge ancient Banyan tree found in a village of Kampat. It is a symbol of hope and promise for us. 
as the people, Mizos, were pushed by other people from Mongolia across China and all the way to Kampat Valley, which um, is in Myanmar, and right outside of my grandmother's village. It was very fertile river valley where the water was clean and full of fish and the soil was good for growing rice and other food. Fruit trees like mangoes, oranges, and pears, and many others were plentiful. In another word, it's just like Florida. <laughs> Life was simple, good, and safe there, but the Mizos were, again, pushed out from where they were living peacefully um, by the Shan people. So they were pushed all the way up to the mountains across into what is now called Mizoram State in India. As they were leaving the Kampat Valley, they decided to plant a little banyan tree. By the way, please don't give me a little banyan tree. <laughs> and at the nine o'clock service, after the service, several people said, I'll bring you a little banyan tree. I don't want one. <laughs> so they planted this little banyan tree before they have to leave, being chased by the Shan people. They wrote a little poem and recited it to the little tree, saying, you, little banyan tree, by God's grace, live well and grow. We must leave you now. We will return when your branches reach back to the ground and root again. So they kept moving, and they ended up in the mountains of northeast India. When Mizos returned many years later to that Kampat Valley, the little banyan tree had grown and its branches had rooted again to the ground, full of leaves and life. If any of you wanted to see a banyan tree, if you haven't, there are so many of them in Ringling grounds and, and all over Sarasota, really. The sign and promise that Mizo would return had been fulfilled. The planting of the little banyan tree and reciting the poem were symbols of the hope and promise to return. It was as if the gods were blessing the Mizos on their way to salvation. You see, Mizos back then were animists. Later, up in the mountains, those mountains, the gospel of Jesus Christ was brought to the Mizos by Welsh Presbyterian missionaries. My Miso people's story was a wandering people who clung to hope in moving to always more remote and difficult terrain. It became a story of faith, a story of a people called by God to love and serve God and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. The tree became a symbol of God's blessing on the way to the greater blessing of salvation from God through faith in Jesus Christ. I'm telling you these two stories today because they are from the memory of my people and memory has a great deal to do with our faith. Faith is more than just belief. Faith in my understanding is risking and stepping our lives forward based on our faith in God. Faith is belief in action. It is not that our risk earns us righteousness. As the Apostle Paul said to the Galatians, we cannot earn righteousness. Everything we do as followers of Christ is our joyful response to the grace God has already given us.
Let me risk one of my favorite stories, a story of Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh, for those of you who don't know about it, is a storybook about a stuffed toy bear. He and the other characters in these stories, like little Piglet, Owl, Kanga, the kangaroo, and Eeyore, the donkey, and always hurrying rabbit, and his many relations, all of them live in the 100-acre woods. In reality, they all belong to Christopher Robin, who was a real boy, and actually today's story is more of a Piglet story than Pooh. Pooh and Piglet had gone visiting on a blasty day, blustery day. While they were visiting Owl, the wind blew down the tree that held Owl's house. Owl, Pooh, and Piglet were trapped inside. The only exit was the letter slot in the door, which was now where the ceiling ought to be. Because only Piglet was small enough to fit through, the bravely, he bravely agreed to be pulled up by a string to the letter slot so he could wiggle out and run for help. He asked what would happen if the string broke. He was not much comforted when Al said, that if the string broke, they could just try another. But friend Pooh, you know, remember Pooh is big and fluffy? He promised Piglet that he will stand right beneath Piglet as he's being pulled up, as you see on the picture. And I guess if Piglet should fall, Pooh would catch him or at least cushion his fall. So Piglet agreed and escaped and got them all help. Who wrote a song in Piglet's honor. Meanwhile, everyone in the Hundred Acre Wood tried to help Owl find a new home. Eeyore, the donkey, found one. The only problem was that it was already Piglet's home, which he rather liked. But Piglet was now a small, the small creature who had memory of risking his life and saving much bigger creatures. And so he, was he thought about it and he said, I can do this again. So he decided his thought and idea into action and Piglet gave his home to Owl. And then Pooh also had faith in friendship and invited Piglet to come live with him. So you see, they probably are having tea. In Galatians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul explains how all people can live in faith that is counted as righteousness, which means it puts us in right relationship with God. In Paul's time, there was that great controversy over whether or not Gentiles who became Christians had to, be, had to obey the Jewish law while they are practicing their faith in Christ Jesus. Paul calls both Jewish and Gentile Christians to remember that the law may moderate behavior, but cannot earn them salvation. Salvation comes only through faith in God. Paul said, Abraham was called by God to follow God. In faith, Abraham did follow God. God counted that to Abraham as righteousness. God made a promise to Abraham saying that not only Abraham himself, but his offsprings who are going to be as many as the stars in the sky would be claimed as God's people and God would be their God. The apostle Paul said the promise applied to all Abraham's offsprings 
And that includes all of us here, you and me. The Apostle Paul wanted the Galatian Christians to remember that salvation was about God's good acts, not human effort. He wanted them to remember the gospel as he had taught them. The good news of the gospel was that God acted for all people in Jesus' life, death, crucifixion, and resurrection. For Paul and the poets and psalmists of the Old Testament, remembering was not an intellectual recollection. To remember was to relive in the present time some great experience of God's grace. The experience could be from the past or anticipated from the future. It was to live trust and to live thanksgiving for what God had already done and is doing and will do. For example, this weekend we observe Memorial Day. We remember the names of those we know who died in the service for the country. We remember and honor those many others whose names and stories we will never know. Many men and women gave their lives in war for the sake of our freedom, but it takes something more to step forward as a country in faith. Every generation produces people willing to sacrifice for the life and freedom of this nation. For Mizo people, Reed Lake and the Banyan Tree at Compat Valley are living symbols of God's blessing. They are reminders of God's care for us even before we knew the gospel. God had, God had us and God cared for us and God led us. Remembering what God has done in the past, we stepped forward into the future in faith. Today, the Mizo people who live in Mizoram State in India are the people who send out the most number of missionaries around the world. We at Church of the Palms are also a people who remember who we are with the tree. That big old tree, 200 years old tree. For 60 years we have gathered under that big old tree and built buildings for worship and education around the tree. We serve the hungry, and we tutor students near the tree and establish a memorial garden beneath the tree. Every Sunday, we gather as a people of God in fellowship in the shade of the same tree. This is to say nothing of what else happens under the tree, such as preschool parades, one-on-one -on -one counseling, youth fellowship, small group meetings, and prayers during the week. For 60 years, we have remembered and grown the list of the ways in which God has been gracious to us. For 60 years in faith, we received and celebrated our salvation. For 60 years, our right relationship with God has been the gift of God's grace for us. For 60 years, we have had faith and lived our faith, loving God and loving neighbors. Now we are again as a family of faith at Church of the Palms, stepping out in our faith. We are building the Palm Center to serve members and community alike to come and feel and experience the love and grace of God. If you have not yet participated financially, it is not too late. I invite you to 
consider faithfully rejoicing in God's grace by contributing to build the Palm Center. Because faith has come to us into our hearts and our daily lives, we are one in Christ, regardless of our race, our background, our culture, our accent, our economic standing, our orientation, or our political affiliation. In faith, we are one in Christ, who is our light and our salvation. Thanks be to God for the faith that has come. Let us pray. Our most gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for the faith that has come to us into our hearts and into our lives. We thank you for this church. We thank you for your presence in this community of faith. We thank you for using us as your instrument of love, grace, peace, and justice, not only here locally, but nationally and around the world. We pray that you'll continue to use us to expand your kingdom, to share your love and grace. Make us, every one of us, your love and grace with all we meet in word and deed this coming week. We thank you, we love you, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Amen. I'm so glad. I love Perfect for her this morning. Yeah. Perfect for her. Yeah. I love Winnie the Pooh. Mm -hmm. Very nice. And Thank I you. think your accent is charming. Thank you. I love it. Thank you. Excuse me, is Steve McConnell here today? Um, no, he's out of town. Yeah.